I don't feel like playing the thing on the thing. Buenos nachos, amigos. Welcome to the recorded version of uh, Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast Live, because that's the only people that are going to see these first few seconds. Uh, we are here live on the internet uh, together to talk about wrestling. I am Petey Rave. Uh, here with me, as always, is my cohort, uh, my compadre, David Jeffrey Majors, a.k.a. DJM. How you doing, DJM? Burritos Dios, my friend. It is the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast once again, and we are continuing with the awesome series. The series where we introduce our indie wrestling curious folks to shows that I and PD Rave like to think are a bit above the bar in terms of the level of indie wrestling. And this one, it's my turn. <laughs> and I will go so far as to say, I think this might very well be my favorite Ring of Honor show of all time. And there are a lot of them. There are a lot of these shows from the golden age of ROH, but I think this one might be at the top of the list, and it won't be too hard to figure out why. Tell him, Petey. Yes, this is Ring of Honor's Driven, uh, the first of two pay-per-views that they had uh, annually called Driven. Uh, this one came out in 2007, uh, and it was actually on TV. This is Ring of Honor on TV with the tubes. I mean, it was on demand and all, but, but it was on your TV and stuff. Uh, and it was a jam packed show from top to bottom. Uh, you know, you can't ask for much more. And it radiated out of this great city of Chicago, Chicago. Uh, who do we have to discuss and who are we foisting this, uh, goodness of wrestling upon DJM? Well, today on the show, uh, we have a guest that, that I wanted to have on because the thing about this particular show, ROH Driven, was that it has a lot of recognizable names, uh, from the year 2007 and as we are now in the year 2014. And I wanted to pick at least one guest to sort of introduce them to what Ring of Honor was at the time. And our guest this evening is none other than the man behind Foster on Sports, Mr. Rick Foster. What's going on, Rick? Uh, it's going all right. Holy smokes. That's probably the best intro I've ever received ever. Like, that's, that's all I, that's all I'm good for. <laughs> Petey, Petey, I'm tagging you in. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. It, uh, pleasure to be here. It's been a while since I've been on here. I think I botched my first appearance up, but <laughs> botches are, are made to happen here yes. in wrestling. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, of course, I must ask you, Rick, uh, before we get into what happened on the show and um, get into some, mat- some of the matches, uh, what were your expectations coming into this event? Um, I mean, I t- took a look at some, like, some of the matches beforehand, and I guess my expectations minus the, the Brian Danielson match, and, um, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, because um, my relationship with Ring of Honor is very um half and half, half good, half bad. Uh, I think the th- things I don't like is the thing. I mean, 
it's just the product. That's how they present themselves. And then uh, I saw Davy Richards on the card, and I really don't like Davy Richards. So, I, uh, and especially the opening match uh, with Davy Richards. We'll get into it. Um, I just don't like Davy Richards at all, and I, um, I don't perceive wrestling as a sport, and that's what ROH does. Um, it this pay per view, it wasn't as obnoxious as it was uh, to other. Th- like Ring of Honor matches that I've watched, but to be fair, this is also the first Ring of Honor match that I've watched, or you know, event back to front. Um, I've picked uh, picked matches, you know, from here and there, the Joe Punk series. Uh, you know. And Rick, I will say this is exactly why I wanted you on this show. Okay, this is exactly why, because I I believe that this is one of those upper echelon Ring of Honor shows. There are, there are a few others that I put up there, but I think this is one that if I'm going to tell people about what Ring of Honor was at its absolute best, what Ring of Honor is all about, this is one of those shows that I would that I would show people, and that's exactly why I brought you on this show. Because I, I know your opinion on Ring of Honor is a little eh. So, so exactly. I wanted to say, here's something that shows why Ring of Honor, for a time, was really the top of the top of the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it really does show uh, in this event. Uh, and we'll just we'll just get right into it. Uh, no, let let's get right into it. Uh, we we yes. started off with the the. Crowd at the pay-per-view taping in Chicago, live hot as you do. If if you've attended any kind of pay-per-view or, or live taping events, they they probably did a countdown, and then when the cameras went live, everybody's going, "Yeah, let's go! We're on TV! We made it! This is the big time!" Woo! <laughs> and then we're we're introduced to ROH by the voice of ROH of, of the time, Mr. Dave Prezak. And he led us into the opening contest, which saw the No Remorse Corps consisting of Roderick Strong, the utterly underrated Rocky Romero, and everybody's favorite wrestler, Davey Richards, taking on <laughs> Delirious, the Lizard Man himself, and the Resilience, M-Dog 20, Matt Cross, and the long-lost, forgotten Florida legend, Eric Stevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Petey, let, let's just jump right in. Six-man tag. Yeah. Yeah, there's some context for this match. This one was framed as an impromptu challenge. Uh, Delirious went out to the ring and had some very, very strong, uh, words for, uh, the No Remorse Corps. Uh, I think Delirious is a things. great promo, man. I, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. He, he yeah. had some, he had some <laughs> things to say. He got a point across. He delivered it well. I think, uh, got everything cra- he needed. Was the crowd behind him or what? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then he, kn- he knows exactly what he needs to say, uh, at a moment to really get the crowd rallied behind him. Uh, you know, there's no, uh, there's no wasted words. He knows exactly what he's going for. He knows how to make, make his point across. And he and- had the crowd, he had the crowd right in the palm of his <laughs> lizard hands. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick, I must ask you, what were your thoughts of what, as this match started getting going, what were your, what was your reaction? What was your impression? Um, well, I, I mean, I thought it was a great opener, uh, for a paper. I mean, especially for, uh, can you shed, maybe you guys can help me out. Is this their second ever 
pay-per-view? This was their second pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, their first one was Respect is Earned at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. Okay. So I, I nearly picked that one. Almost picked that one. So I mean, just in I mean, just in general, it, it definitely set the tone for their second uh, pay per view. I guess uh, things I want to kind of start off with uh, the commentary team. Uh, who I know, Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis do it now. Yeah. Who Who are the past voices, and uh, what, what's is, their affiliation? That is Dave Prezak and Lenny Leonard. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I guess they're just higher commentators type thing. I mean, Dave Prezak is uh, long story short, he's one of the Chicago guys. Okay. Punk, yeah. Cabana, uh, he, he's one of them. Uh, and he also runs Shimmer. Uh, oh, Leonard, okay. <laughs> Lenny Leonard is based out of Florida. Uh, he is, I believe he's, he's, as they say, a Gabe Sapolsky guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he he works for Gabe's companies now, and at the time he was working for ROH. And and at that point, ROH was still under Gabe's hand, yes. correct? Okay. Yes. So I mean, I I mean, just just to kind of start off the commentary. I mean, first off, it was a really good uh bout. I mean, it was a very. I mean, it definitely got the uh, the hardest match in my opinion is to be. One, the opener, and two, the buffer before the main event. Um, I, I, I've always I, said that the opening match of a wrestling show is, in a lot of ways, the the, it's the catalyst. It, in a lot of ways, it can be the most important match on the card. Mm-hmm. And I thought it definitely set the tone for the entire like night um, in general. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I was very dead as soon as... The three guy, I mean, what is their the official names? The No Remorse Corpse ran no out, score, and yeah. one of them was Davy Richards. I was like, ah, oh, son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> Rocky Romero makes up for it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And you know what? I mean, Rocky and, and Roderick uh, definitely. And Robert too. Mm-hmm. Davy yeah. Richards was not overly obnoxious. Davy Richards. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I don't know what it is. It's just Davy Richards. No, no, no. Davey Richards. Hey, you know the... what? I, I'm the same way with Chris Hero. I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I completely understand. Uh, yeah, and I, I will say, uh, in all fairness, uh, even watching this, I still prefer the Dojo Bros as a combination. It's over, honestly, over this and over American Wolves. I know the American Wolves is the team, and the uh, team that, you know, they, 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 that has, uh, ran the circuit and has, is super popular, and of course is the team signed to TNA. But I still prefer the Dojo Bros. <laughs> it, you know what? Davy Richards makes me appreciate uh, the Young Bucks. Their early, their early work. Um, mm-hmm. That's how much I I do not like Davy Richards. But I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I I really do love Delirious. I saw Delirious fights. Uh, who did he? I saw him in Jakara. Uh, yeah. You know when he was doing the when he was with the Batiri type things, and I. I, I absolutely love Delirious, and I, I thought it was a great match uh, for six I want to ask you, tag. being a Florida yes. guy, being a Florida mm-hmm. guy, did you ever see Eric Stevens? Uh, no. <clears throat> I think uh, the unfortunate thing is, though I am a Florida guy, I am a like, South him, Florida guy. Him and guy. Roderick for a while were like the co-kings of Florida for a while. 
Yeah, I think the unfortunate thing is that I'm a South Florida guy, and Florida is great for wrestling. South Florida, not so much. Like, there's nothing down here. It's like Florida and then South Florida, and then yeah, there's Florida and South Florida. Plus, uh, we're at the very end of a of a big peninsula, and for an industry that relies on uh wheeled transportation that uh, eats up fuel. (laughs) There's only so much of that peninsula that they'll go down, you know, at least drive down. So that's more of a central Florida thing. I think that's, I, it, which is unfortunate because Eric Stevens really impressed and, and there's a lot of great talent, that, you know, full impact pro is in within the state limits of me. But, uh, yeah. How far, how far are you from like going to see a full impact pro show? Just on average. Too far. <laughs> Too far? Oh, unfortunately, too far. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. I, I'd love to check one out, but it had to be a major one. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's move on to the next one. This match, uh, the second match on the show, is one in particular that I wanted to introduce people to. Uh, because it is a match with two names, as it yes. were, in which we saw Claudio Castagnoli, uh, a very strong athletic wrestler from Switzerland that does a lot of European uppercuts whose with name hair. is with hair at the time. <laughs> yes. Uh taking on Matt Seidel, who people also might recognize from being on Wrestling TV Society for a while. X. Yes. Wrestling Society X is Matt Seidel, that's right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> of course, it, it's pretty obvious if you watch this show, you are seeing essentially Antonio Cesaro versus Evan Bourne. Uh, to, to the uninitiated. Yeah. Uh, but Rick, just you first, seeing these two guys, uh, seven years ago from where we are now, uh, what'd you think? Uh, I did not know Evan Bourne had these type of matches in him. Uh, yes. the, uh, let me give you a background of Evan Bourne. I, the first time I ever saw him was on Wrestling Society X, like when they released, like I learned, uh, he was with Lizzie Valentine. Zach, can I just say I loved Wrestling Society X. I you know, loved it. for I the we had an entire Gaiden episode where we talked about how much we loved Wrestling Society X. Yes, it, I mean, yes, it was it, it was very like cheesy, and when you're, I don't know, Wrestling Society X is definitely a, a hilarious take on wrestling, and it's it's fun. It, it really yeah. is fun, and that was the first time I was ever exposed. Yeah, Evan an Bourne, amazing roster. I think we've covered that in our episode. An amazing roster. If you really look at it from top to bottom, like some of the guys that you had on there were but, uh, the seeing, seeing, j- just to get back, uh, seeing <laughs> Matt Seidel, Matt Seidel taking on a, a young Antonio Cesaro with those fantastic tights that he used to wear back then. Those are fantastic. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think of this? I I really did. The, I I love the match. Uh, the just the the I'm not a big counter guy where the match is based off counters and things like that. But I mean it, the uh, the end counter where uh, Claudio rolled through yeah. for the pin. Oh my, oh, that was the thing of beauty. I loved it. And it was a beauty. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know what like it's just I know I know Claudio. Because I've seen matches from like Chikara and things like you, that. You saw him do the swing. Yeah, yes. saw him do the swing. I mean, it's. I think, uh, 
Did he do a UFO? I can't remember if he did a UFO in that I match. I don't think he did the UFO in I, this match. Mm, no. I think if he if he does the UFO once in in WWE, I think it, he's he's fucking over for life. Get, <laughs> 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 um, but I mean, and if there was somebody that he could do it to, he could definitely do it to to Matthew Seidel. And yes. I, I, I mean, I absolutely love this match. If they would have used him like this in WWE, I think he'd be a little bit, he'd probably, well, minus the, the weed stuff. I think he would have been a bit, <laughs> a better made, stuff. yeah, a better made man. And he's, I mean, he's gone on the record for saying like, he knows that people aren't there to see him, uh, type thing, like in interviews and he, and for WWE. But I mean, he, I absolutely love this match. I cannot, I cannot, say how much I love this match more. Rick, yes. this is exactly what I have been saying about Claudio Castagnoli since about this show. I've, I've been saying this about him forever to, to where it's just, I feel like with him, there are times where I feel like I'm the only one who sees it, that yes. he is phenomenal. And all I hope is that they don't mess it up with him again. Yeah, I know. It, I I love I love Claudio now. I love what they. I mean, the real American yeah. stuff. I love. I mean, even when he was running with Paul Heyman for a bit. Uh, I'm not a big. You need to put the put the belt on him to make him type thing. I think he was doing fine. Uh, yeah. Without Heyman. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a little rant about Claudio for a minute. Because I see this happen in almost every promotion he's been in, and it's the biggest mistake. They turn him heel. They should be build, They should literally be building around in him. In Ring of Honor, he got turned heel. In Shikara, he got turned heel. In PWG, he got turned heel. Until everyone started cheering him. Yes. And now mm-hmm. it's happening in WWE too. Mm-hmm. He turned him heel again. Yes. A, because for whatever reason, I don't know why, wrestling promotions seem to think that he's a bad guy and he's not. He's I, I don't know. Maybe I think there's, maybe I think there's few people that you build a company around. Uh, John Cena is one. Uh, uh, Samoa Joe is another. And I think Claudio Castagnoli is the third. Yeah. Fourth, would- Ryan. And uh, after... After seeing the Kenta match, I'm sold on building something around him. Uh, oh, we're, we're going to talk him. about Kenta. <laughs> we're going to talk about some Kenta. We're going to talk about Kenta. We're going to talk about some Kenta. Yeah, and I have a about some Kenta. Yeah, I think literally you could you could build a company around him. Period. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so a couple it has of happened. Cool... It has yeah. already happened. Uh, moving on to our next match. Well, I will uh, say let's... a couple of things on, yeah. on the Klaus Castagnoli, uh, Matt Seidel. Uh, a couple of my favorite things, uh, was the fact that I got to verify that Claudio Castagnoli's, uh, nipples were always that distracting. <laughs> uh, and Larry Sweeney. I've, n- I've never noticed this. And can we go ahead? Sorry, I apologize. Larry Sweeney. Can we talk about how much we, we love oh, Larry Sweeney? Larry Sweeney. Cause I don't know the if we talked about it. Larry Sweeney. Can oh, we? Lord. I don't know if you guys have talked about Larry Sweeney, uh, on this show before. I don't know. I know he's like a manager 
and I know thing. Okay, I mean, so the- Larry Sweeney was a manager in ROH and a uh, fantastic uh, heel wrestler everywhere else. Uh, and he was a and big he was person. the ICW ICWA Texarkana Television Champion. And he, uh, he, uh, how many times did he, uh, held the title? I think 147. 47. Times. 47. <laughs> oh, very uh, sweetie. Oh, God. And he was the biggest personality. He was the best personality. He was, uh, hilarious. Just he had a laugh your, that was infectious. Your classic over the top pro wrestling personality. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I just wonderful, 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 wonderful human being too. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to say. I, how much I loved Larry Sweeney. And, yeah. And I was going to say, tragically, he, he's uh, not with us anymore. He's not, he's yeah, not he's not with us anymore. I, the, I mean, this is my first I've ever seen of Larry Sweeney and I have, um, Sarah, Sarah Dore's like master, like DVD set and she, and there's an interview with her and I think, I, I know she gets really heavy hearted into Larry Sweeney and I guess I didn't understand why she she did but uh, I mean they they were like oh you know Sarah you know Sarah was in this group with her him and I could see why she was very broken up about you know what happened if I remember right it was about Larry Sweeney and I but I mean it was I understand why uh, people were upset about what happened to him and, and things like it's that. It's always a tragic thing uh, when that kind of thing happens. Mm-hmm. But it, he was a, he was a very beloved, very big person. He was beloved yeah. and extremely talented, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he is uh, missed to this day. I also understand why uh, uh, Eddie Kingston w- got up from the stretcher and you know beat up Kevin Steen after Kevin Steen said that was for Larry Sweeney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. After after uh, seeing that. Very, yeah. very impactful, uh, manager. Let's get on. back to, let's get back to the show. Uh, and it, here, Petey, I'm just gonna let you know, I am going to fanboy out a little bit. Yes. Now, we brought up Kenta. Uh, and that leads us into pro wrestling Noah, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. and Kenta's longtime rival slash tag team partner, and my favorite Japanese wrestler in the world, Naomichi Marafuji, the guy who every other WWE wrestler stole his moves from, other than yes. Kenta, taking on BJ Whitmer. Uh, Rick, uh, are you familiar with anything from Naomichi Marafuji? Uh, no, actually, I'm not familiar with, uh, him or BJ Whitmer, surprisingly. Uh, uh one, uh, Kent, uh, again, he's Mar- Kenta's tag team partner. He's, he's kind of 1A. In pro wrestling, Noah, if Kenta was number one, Marafuji was 1A. Uh, again, if someone wasn't stealing Kenta's moves, they were probably stealing Marafuji's. Uh, the Shiranui, the slice bread number two. Uh, the, the running drop kick from the outside, that's his. Uh, the, the moonsault slam, the Shiranui Kai, that's his. Uh, uh, else? I'm sure some others that I'm not even thinking of right now. And... He was also Kenta's tag team partner when they were, okay. like, the best tag team in the universe for, like, <laughs> a part of the early and mid-2000s. And BJ Whitmer, he's kind of... He is what you would call an ROH original. He's yeah. part of a faction now known as The Decade because he has been 
a Ring of Honor stalwart since the early days up until today. And he's been in some of those really, really dangerous matches with Jimmy Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's always been just, in my opinion, just a likable dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and this, it most certainly did. Mm-hmm. So, so Rick, what did you think of this contest? What was your impression of Naomichi, Fumaru Fuji, and B.J. Wimmer? Um, yeah, I might get crucified for this, but I thought kind of forgettable. <laughs> it's possible because it was sandwiched in between, um, the Claudio match and the, the Albright, um, squashing, squashing. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. It was just maybe, yeah, it's just kind of forgotten. Maybe it was just one of those where it was placed on the card type things. Or, you know, at the time that I watched it. But I mean, I guess I, I don't remember anything crazy from any of those guys. <laughs> like, or, you know, anything great. Which, like I said, I'm ready for the crucifixion. <laughs> but... yeah. I'll just have to get some, get some more out of the vault. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was gonna say, tie you down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, every, I mean, everything else, man. I was totally into. Ah, that's cool. Uh, but I mean, this is the the one match that is very fuzzy. And if it's fuzzy, then that means like something, like nothing crazy happened, or you know, nothing popped out to me. Maybe uh, is there chemistry or anything like that. I'd like to hear uh, you guys take. Petey. Yeah, I I think I I I have something of a similar impression. I mean, BJ Wimmer is a name I know. Uh, they had a pretty, I mean, if, if I remember correctly, pretty solid match here. Uh, and you know, it was there were fun there was fun things, but nothing really stands out in my memory. Uh, as a key moment, I think I I enjoyed the match, but. Uh, yeah, I think I have a similar impression to Rick Foster, where I don't remember a whole lot about the match. Other than that, it, it, I, I, I dug it. It was kind of fun, and, uh, and it was, you know, uh, B, and I, I generally know BJ Whitmer is a name to, to always put together good, uh, stuff. And being, you know, like you said, a likable guy. Well. I will say, I, I know you guys, when you heard me fanboy out about Marafuji for a minute there, <laughs> that, that I would probably, you know, rage out on you, but I, I, I will agree, this was not a, this was a match that was the third match on the card for a reason. It was, mm. it was meant to be a, a cooldown. It uh, was a cooldown. Mm. And that, and that's that is not bad. Okay. That yeah, is okay. Yeah, cooldown matches, they, they exist for a reason and, and I will say that I know both of these guys are capable of putting on something really awesome, but in this case, this was a cooldown. This was a buffer, and yeah. that's totally cool. And for the yeah, and for the uninitiated, for those that don't know, yeah, that's kind of how you construct and how you flow a uh, an event is you have those ebbs and flows, and you control the audience in that way of giving them those highs and. Uh, let, letting them cool down a little bit, uh, before kind of ramping it back up and giving those moments. You can't go all out because people get burnt out. Yeah, uh, to, I mean, to. Kind of like how ROH used to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, just draw, like, a, the biggest example I could think of was when. We can have some of those shows, Petey, where they're like just. Non-stop. 
nonstop insanity from start to finish. We can do that, Petey. We can do that. We can do that. <laughs> yeah, the like the biggest example I can bring up is WrestleMania 29 when it was, I mean, it was Triple Triple H against Brock Lesnar, and then uh, CM Punk, Undertaker, and then Rock Cena two. And by the time Rock Cena two started, it, I mean everybody was. Besides the beginning, uh, I mean, everybody was kind of gassed out, and that's and that's why you have the divas match right before the main it, event. Mm-hmm. But yes. and that's why? the thing is that they never they cut that match entirely, and they they really could have used that match. And this is this isn't WWE time, but I mean, it that's the biggest example is if you watch those two matches. And then you're there for the third, and it's just you're just exhausted, and you can't have, you know, big match, big match, big match, big match, and expect everybody to be, uh, the same level that they're at in the beginning. It's impossible. And generally, with the good uh, indie promotions, especially, they uh, they do do that well. They do do the pacing well, starting off big, and then giving you that cool down match in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of cooling off moment uh you mentioned the squash match coming up after this uh we had brent albright versus i think it was a, the top the top of the class trophy holder at the time of the yes. ring of honor academy uh pel primo Pelly uh, primo Pelly primo uh what is there much to say about well we can talk about give me some, give people some context on Brent Albright do is there much to say about Brent Albright he's he's a name Brent that's Al- still around Brent Albright not really he's kind of disappeared off the face of the earth well he didn't he get signed to uh OVW uh there, there this was actually after he got released okay uh, he was in OVW for a little while he was Part of a great rivalry in OVW with that that one guy from Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, and he got to the main roster. He had about two matches, and then he was gone. I couldn't. He, I literally just pulled up his Wikipedia thing, and I didn't know he was on SmackDown he even had, for that. He had a bit. grand total of maybe two matches, maybe. Yeah. And. and yeah. He went to the Indies after he was let go and ended up in Ring of Honor. And he did all right for a while, and including a match against Pelly Primo where Pelly Primo died. <laughs> oh, poor Pelly Primo. I think the gr- one of the best arts of wrestling is the squash match. I don't know what it is. Like I just no. Love I, I totally hear you. A, a good squash match is is something to be appreciated, and I think this was this was a well done squash match because they don't happen often anymore. And I think this was well done. The last, I mean, the last squash matches I've seen are when Ryback was like being. Push to the moon and speaking of people WWE blew it with. <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean oh, he I God. mean Ryback would go out, he would he would eat people, and then he would he would leave. And that was yes. so great. And I loved it. Right, I mean right. Eddie I mean Eddie Edwards and like uh Dave Davesky. Like those are the people he fought. And I yes. I love I love 
squash matches. I, it's a very this, lost this, art this in wrestling. Good. Very good. <coughs> he was Pelly yeah, Pelly Primo. He kind of came out. He was like a little cocky, and then just Brent all yeah, just killed him. He killed him. And those are the best uh, best ones. And he shut on his and, and on his lifestyle. And uh and that was it. Uh and that's all we saw of Pelly Primo <laughs> ever again. And, I'm sure. I don't know. <laughs> and I think we could move on. I we and move on. before we move on, I would I would love to be the guy that gets squashed for, you know, <laughs> high figures a year. I, I think I think most wrestling fans would like that once in their yeah. life. Just go out. Uh of course the and then go gra- grab a drink afterwards. <laughs> uh, moving on to the, the, I guess the planned main event or the planned main event, quote unquote, uh, where we have t- then champion Takeshi Morishima, uh, the un- unstoppable beast that was Takeshi Morishima, yes. uh, taking on the, the more successful member of the rave wrestling family, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Rave. The crowd jewel of the embassy. Jimmy yes. Rave. Yes, uh, Jimmy Rave approved. <laughs> uh, one of the things I strive for this podcast is for it to be Jimmy Rave approved. Uh, uh, in a, in a championship match, and this was another, let's be honest, it was another <laughs> squash match. Uh, this, I mean, it was a little more is, contested. This was known as the, this is what's known as the extended squash. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. just to provide a little bit of backstory, there was a long, long time where Jimmy Rave was probably the most hated guy in indie wrestling. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about a guy who knew how to be a heel. Oh, my God. Jimmy Rave, you loved to hate Jimmy <laughs> Rave. You, the, the toilet paper being thrown at him instead of streamers. Die, Jimmy Ju- Die was the chant for him. <laughs> Jimmy Rave, he was, he was so good at getting the ROH audience just to utterly despise him. Mm-hmm. And he ended up with a number one contender shot against then ROH champion Takeshi Morishima, uh, from Pro Wrestling Noah. And he kind of held his own for a little bit, but in the end, nah. Nah, he son. He dropped yeah. on his head and that was it. Yeah. He well, and you know. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, you want to know what the best part of of this match was? Is that they, uh, the commentary team did a really great job of making it seem like he had a shot, and then when uh, Morishima kind of hit his back uh, body drop suplex, they're like, oh, it's you know, they pinned him, and everybody's like, oh, it's it's done, uh, you know, that's it's a shock. And from what I mean, it when he did the second match, it seemed like. Uh, the commentators were just like, yeah, you know, he's been like, uh, well, after, you know, after that match, he said, you know, this is the second person that he's beat under five minutes. And I, I don't know what it was that kind of hit with that. And it makes it seem like, man, this guy's a fucking big deal. Oh, yeah. Morishima is absolutely a big deal. He's, yeah. He's one he of the really bastard. And he's, <laughs> And he has a the scariest moonsault in the world, which I don't think he he did. Correct? No, no, no. Okay. Not this time. No, no, not this time. 
Uh, yeah, Morishima is an imposing force. And I think we're going to get a, a, bat, a chance to talk about him a little bit more uh, further on. So we can kind of, I mean, we can just mostly say we love Jimmy Rave. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Rave is Proud awesome. jewel of the embassy. And yes. you know what? Before we before we move on, I do want to say uh, Ring of Honor's kind of transition of video packages were yeah. really, I mean, really um, for 2007 where, you know, I'm sure they're uh, trying to be as low budget as possible. Um, they're, they're kind of mini video packages, uh, that when they would come down to the ring, it was very, a nice, a nice touch for, for somebody who hasn't seen Jimmy Rave. Um, it was kind of nice to see his little, you know, his big move set while he's running down the ring. And, yeah. and it's, it, it helps a lot to connect with wrestlers. Uh, I mean, you don't really, you don't really see that until after, after the whole thing is done. For I mean, because not a lot of people know, you know, Brent Albright, and you just see it like a a quick ten second thing of him, you know, throwing clotheslines and eating people. It's it's a nice thing to have, um, and that definitely helped me enjoy uh, that world title match uh, a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall we get into the tag title match? Yeah, so we're gonna get into the tag title match. Uh, I believe this is where we get into the, like, the dark made events, cause this is where they cut in the main, uh, uh They do, they do show this one. <coughs> mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But then, then so, after this one, yep, we're gonna talk about one. the match. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, oh yeah, okay, they did show this. Okay, so the World mm-hmm. Tag Team Championship, uh, you had the Briscoes, Jay and Mark, uh, the Briscoes with an E in it. Uh, taking on El Generico and Kevin Scene. Uh, you know, they have a story. I mean, time, at the time, they were collectively known as El Generico and Kevin Steen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot that we can say as, uh, as context for this match, isn't it, DJ? And there's a lot God, to say about both these things. There's years of history here. Kevin Steen and El Generico, the, the ultimate wrestling odd couple. Generico, of course, the generic luchador, who, of course, left wrestling to take care of the orphans in mm-hmm. Tijuana. Uh, Kevin Steen, man who needs no introduction. And the Briscoe brothers, the, the 11 billion time ROH tag team champions. The guys that should have been signed Lord knows how many times. Oh, uh, so you might have more insight on that. What I know they were, Always on the bubble. They were always rumored. They were always uh, they're going to the the tryouts. What in happened? A they, I they guess ugly. it's just that. That's what they say is that they're they're ugly. Okay. Or they're not they're they're know, not, cosmetically not pleasing. Cosmetically pleasing. They, are, you, know, they you know what they they connect but so well. Honestly, with they're the crowd. they're just so good. They're so yes. good. Yeah, yes. I mean you. Don't let's not factor in like the wrestling part. Let's just factor in how much they connect with the crowd. I mean, from when they they walk out, from when they're just on the ring apron, just like pumping the crowd up. I saw them in New York for Chikara's Cybernetico, and my friend was like, "Man, the Briscoes are gonna be here. That's effing nuts." I you know I love the Briscoes. I was just like, "Eh, what you know." 
that you're gonna have some old guys running out. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, they're like, no, 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 no. Like these guys are amazing, and literally, um, because Cybernetico, they they came out with Steen's theme song, and they all came out for ROH, like the ROH guys, and literally, it's just like it must have been Mark just jumps in, and he's just like. Flailing his head around, and he, he at that point he had the beard, and it's just I'm like, oh my goodness, these, these guys are insane. The, yeah. the fact that they connect so well, oh, like yeah. I was, I was rooting for him, and oh my goodness, just man up, oh, boy, foo, man, the chicken yeah, foo. Mm-hmm. The, the redneck foo, the redneck foo, the sandwich samurai. Marcus. Yep, and if there's a, a theme song that fits a wrestler so well, it's "Give Me Back My Bullets." By, yeah. um, <laughs> That's their song. Yep, I love oh it. God. I love this match. I really do. Yeah, um, and of course, there's El Generico and Kevin Scene, who are just you know fantastic. What, they have long what, history. What haven't we said about Kevin Steen and El Generico already? <laughs> I don't what else think there really is. Can we said? I mean. I'll say one more thing. We're talking about ROH. Uh, one of the papers I did see, uh, and not too long ago, and I think I watched it fairly uh, uh, close to after it happened, or uh, maybe even live. I don't know. Uh, but was the was the match between them a fight without honor? El Generico, Kevin. Yes, Stanley. the fight without honor. Yes, that, that was, was yeah amazing. And I think that was that was I may have been my first. My first impression, at least of Kevin Steen, and uh, what a way to be introduced to Kevin Steen, <laughs> uh, which was, uh, you know, him trying to behead El Generico, uh, <laughs> almost quite literally, uh, with a chair, uh, you know, <laughs> making him bloody and beat up. And that was, that was insane and, uh, fantastic. And, and these guys have been guys that have, I, I think, well, you know, there's not much else we can say. We just we love these guys. It was wonderful. Uh, it was awesome. Um, yeah. Can we go into the the double chair spot where they launch? I mean, Briscoe has literally launched a uh, generico into a pile of you know chairs yes. in the crowd, and then yes, Steen, uh, tries to top to top them by launching one of the Briscoes in the crowd into another pile of chairs. Like uh, uh, yeah. unbelievable. And then it's like. And it's yeah, like and, and you know what? And the fact that the when the Briscoes won, and then you know they're celebrating, and then Steen is just the the badass heel of you know hitting people with the ladder, and then he's just telling Generico like, "This is what you need to do. This is you know, this is what I do. That's not what you did." And you know, uh, I thought it played up uh, the tension between them because at this point they're the odd they're couple tag team, they are, correct? They are the odd couple tag team. And before they're Scenico and they're, you know, they're best friends and things like that. And yeah. I thought that plays up, re- I mean, really well for anything future-wise. And builds um, up over time to the fantastic years. moment where it's years. years. I, yeah, and then I didn't where realize Kevin finally says, like, I hate you and mm-hmm. annihilates him. And then they finally blows up. Blows up. I mean, this was... this was this was over years and. Years. I was gonna say it's this is prior promotions. This is prior to the two-year like thing of just ROH exclusive stuff where you know Kevin turned on Generico, Generico, mm-hmm. you know, came back and all that stuff. Yeah. I know that that's and that's insane that they're planting the seeds 
like yeah. this this far ahead. And, yeah. and it's and kind brought, of my brought the brought the most the, the the wildest craziest shirt I've seen. One one of them, which was the uh Kevin Steen shirt, which is the chair propped up with a with a disembodied head of El Generico propped up on yes. it. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. One of those infamous t-shirts that I remember seeing uh back then and it was like, okay, yeah, that, that that's his plan. You know? <laughs> that's his plan. Uh, um, bef- before we move on, I have a question on the Code of Honor. Now, yes. Code of Honor. Yes. I do, I do know, I mean, obviously I'm not, you know, completely dumb on the Code of Honor. I know the Code of Honor is, you know, uh, before every match, you know, both competitors are supposed to shake hands. Now, some of that, I know you can like mockingly shake the person's hand. Like I know Punk for a while, he was doing, you know, the foot handshake type thing. Um, in regards to the beginning, I'm going to throw it back to the beginning, the six man tag. You know, it was the call out type match and there was no handshake. I know there's, I think another one where there was like no handshake. Is that normal? Is that, it it kind of comes and goes. Okay. In the very, very early years of Ring of Honor, it was something they pushed really hard. But as it went on and on and on, it was left kind of ambiguous. Okay. Because I know, I mean, the ref, I mean, the ref and the the commentators make a big deal out of it because you see the ref, you know, I mean, we're on the video now, but maybe, you know, like the ref is just like, Code of Honor. Code of Honor. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, Uh, you know, there's there's a couple Code of Honors afterwards. Like a lot of rules in pro wrestling. It goes by the wayside, you know. There's a gray area. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's like no like oh you're fine for not doing the no. Call of Honor. No, not really. Not no. really. No. They never bring these. That was yeah. That was my only thing. Uh, just I mean, basically, if, if you don't follow the Code of Honor, you're probably a heel. That that's yeah, usually that's the and that's right. and that was the whole thing with the the Ring of Honor or Code of Honor thing. It didn't matter if you're a heel or a good guy or a tweener, or, you know, or whatever. You still had to abide by it. And, yeah. and the, the first person to not follow the code of honor and not shake hands was, uh, the guy, the guy that was really kind of the first real heel in ROH that got booed. And that was Christopher Daniels. He, mm. he, he, he was the first one to not shake hands. And back in the day, that got people really pissed. <laughs> and yeah, that was, that was, that was definitely that was the else. boo me. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that was something else. Uh, but moving on, let's go into, let's go chronologically into the, the main event dark matches, uh, the kind of the dark main events. Uh, you had the women of honor, uh, in a tag team contest. Uh, you had the always wonderful, uh, mischief and, uh, the lovely Daisy Hayes taking on the Minnesota home wrecking crew, uh, made up of Lacey and Rain. Uh, uh, accompanied to the ring by Jimmy Jacobs. At this point, Jimmy had finally got his girl, uh, Lacey. <laughs> oh, that, that storyline. Yeah, that whole storyline. Story line. Uh, were you watching ROH at the time for that, PD? Were, were you no, watching? No, but I was, I think I, I had been tangentially aware. Again, I, 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 I was, uh, if, never if you're in a ever curious, if you're ever curious about when wrestling fans First started using cell phone lights instead of lighters. It yeah. was that feud. <laughs> it nice. was that storyline. 
when when Jimmy Jacobs wrote a song for Lacey and people started bringing out their phones and going yes. side to side. That's when that started. And yes. Bray Wyatt's been making money off of it ever since. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh so goodness. good information for the people at home. I think what we're going to say about the the participants, Mischief, of course, being uh, now Mischief. Mrs. Michael. She's so awesome, Mischief. The the, the banshee, uh, and also the Miss Smarty Pants because she's a she's a college graduate uh, and a scientist. And a scientist, uh, she she uh, she does it all for the science. Uh, and Daisy Hayes, who who. Uh, it's a shame she's not around anymore. I know she's like doing things here and there, but I don't know what she's up to nowadays, but she was always fantastic in, uh, Chikara and she was fantastic here and she's been around, I guess everywhere at, at some point. Uh, and taking on the home, Minnesota home wrecking crew. What, what kind of context could you give, uh, Rick and the people at home about this match and these competitors? Um, well, you, you covered mischief in, in Daisy Hayes pretty well. The Minnesota home wrecking crew were uh, in Shimmer and ROH at the time because uh, Shimmer and ROH were working together pretty closely for a while. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota home wrecking crew were pretty big heels in Shimmer. And th- Shimmer would occasionally for ROH shows kind of have the, the Shimmer matches where various people from the Shimmer roster would compete and have storylines in ROH, uh, in Shimmer, and they'd have a little bit of crossover. And this ended up happening on an ROH show where we got to see the Women of Honor, as they were called. Um, and the tag team match happened. I will just say, back in the day, I hated Lacey. She, <laughs> I hated Lacey. She was just so horrible, just if there was, there were a few people that just really got me to just absolutely just hate them, just, just hate, 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 and Lacey was one of them. So, kudos to Lacey because she's yes. obviously watching this. <laughs> obviously, uh, and uh, but yeah, Rick, uh, what did you think of the Women of Honor tag team match? I really, I mean, you know, I'm not really a women's wrestler guy, uh, but I'm, I mean, I'm also not one of those people that, you know, shits on it and, you know, says they're only there for the bathroom break or, you know, for the tits and ass type thing. I think Daisy Hayes is one of the best, uh, babyface in peril, uh, women's wrestlers by far. Uh, just the way, I mean, the, the hot tag. That she got into mischief. I mean, it's probably one of the bigger pops for a, you know, a, a babyface in peril women's match I've ever seen, which is, it's, it's saying something. I mean, I, when you're used to people, the babyface and the best babyface in peril that I've seen, uh, that isn't Trish Stratus or, or Lita is Kelly Kelly. Uh, that's not a good thing. Uh, but I mean, I I think Daisy Hayes is a fantastic babyface in peril, and definitely, I was definitely invested in her getting that that tag and, to uh, mischief. And as I've said many many times, mischief is awesome. She's super athletic. She has just the coolest gimmick ever. 
Yes. And I am a longtime fan of Mischief. She she was Shimmer champion for like two years, I think. Yeah. She she's she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fantastic. I, yeah. I mean, I I liked I liked what Mischief was doing. I like her gimmick of just screaming uh, when people are coming at her, and they're just like, oh, "Don't want nothing to do with her." <laughs> I, I pretty much describe Mischief as. The a the singer in a black metal band. That's Miss. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yes. that's her. And, that and the her. power she wields with her voice of getting people to just stop right in their tracks. It's like it's almost like a Cosgrove on Freakazoid, where we would just be able to do, "Hey, cut it out." And get I would com- I would compare it. her. I used to compare her to Sindel from Mortal Kombat. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, she could kill a man with that scream, uh, <laughs> but she chooses not to, and I think that's commendable. Uh, and that's that's very good news for Michael Elgin. Yes, yeah. yes, very good news for Michael Elgin. God bless him. My only uh, my only problem is that I mean they for your pay per view. I mean obviously this. I mean we just went into this. This is their dark match portion of the pay per view. Um, I feel like it needed a Sarah Del Rey type thing. Like if you're if you're talking, you know, your pay per view, your big, uh, I mean, for ROH, they're they're building like pay per view is a big thing. I mean, compared to WWE, who has one? I think at the time, Sarah Del Rey was maybe in a feud with somebody in Shimmer over the Shimmer title. So she she actually might have been Shimmer champion at the time. I'm wondering, was she in Sweet and Sour by this time? Was she? Yeah. You know what? Yes. Yeah, yes, she, she was. Because they because made comments on the fact that she wasn't around. She wasn't uh, around because for... uh, Larry Sweeney got her an endorsement deal, and that ah, is why yes. she was not that, there. Yeah, there you go. I don't know what I don't know what the the actual story was or anything like that, but I mean, I just feel like if you're doing a pay per view and if you're going to show your your women's wrestling uh, portion off, um, I think you need your top uh, lady. And I think it just needed a Sarah Del Rey appearance. And you know what? And Sarah and, you know, the cheerleader Melissa's and the Amazing Kongs, they they were definitely part of ROH Uh for a while. I guess just by circumstance, she wasn't on this show. Because I Mm -hmm. I know she she definitely was. (laughs) Yeah, she was definitely around and she was definitely part of Sarah Incorporated. Yeah, I just just want more Sarah Del Rey uh, in my life. Don't we, Don't we all? Don't we all? We can go into so say we all. how I almost cried in front of Sarah Del Rey and her second to last Jakar, <laughs> or well, her last Jakar match, and I was just like the ner- the nervous five year old boy of just like oh, congrats, congratulations on on you know, getting WWE. They put you on. T- you know, it's not official, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, I don't care. Like, congratulations. Uh, 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 can I? We're all that my way. DVD? Yes. We're, we're all that way. I, I was that way at a Chikara show in in Detroit. I was actually wearing my Sarah Del Rey shirt at the t- time. And I, I bought her, I bought one of her best of DVDs. Can I, can I put out a hit? You're, you're uh, so awesome. You're so awesome. I, yeah, can I put out a hit for somebody who ever took my Sarah Del Rey shirt in New Jersey? Uh, I will come find you and I will destroy you because she signed it and she's not making those shirts anymore. And yeah. I was very upset when yeah. it was lost forever. Maybe the machine, uh, the washing machine ate it or something. 
I know it was, uh, it eats me up to this day that my Sarah Lorray shirt is gone. Cause one, those shirts are, I'm going to swear right here, fucking comfortable. Uh, yes. <laughs> so I, I have, I'm, I have the white one. I, yeah, I, they are. I, I had the orange one and it, oh, so comfortable. Even at, I've probably, it was one of my weekly shirts that I would wear yes. constantly. Like, you know, I you too. have, you know, you have those shirts that you're just like, I've got to wear the, you know, I, it's in my repertoire of wearing weekly. And that was one of them. And it has gone forever. Uh, yeah, and which is sad. Uh, it's very we, sad. Yeah. And as we mourn the loss of the Sarah Del Rey shirt, uh, we move <laughs> on, uh, to a, a, a singles match, uh, a couple of, I think we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to get in deep into a, a couple of the, the ROH guys. Uh, one that is not as beloved by one of our guy, uh, one of our, uh, members here in the show. Uh, oh, I wonder who that, we could be talking about. <laughs> we're talking about the, uh, a man who loves himself some lariats and, uh, was at this point still holding on to the, to the concept of the frosted tips. Uh, Nigel McGinnis taking on the, the head guy of the, of Sweet and Sour Incorporated, the main, uh, talent, none other than Chris Hero, uh, of course, com- accompanied by Bobby Dempsey, Larry Sweeney, Matt Seidel, and Tack Toland. Uh, at that point, Matt Seidel had joined, uh, Sweet and Sour Incorporated. Uh, God bless Bobby Dempsey. Uh, <laughs> Bobby yeah, Dempsey give a little, fantastic. yeah, give a little bit of context and we already know how you feel about Chris Hero, but let us know how you feel about Nigel McGinnis. Nigel McGinnis. I love Nigel McGinnis so much that I contributed to the Kickstarter for his documentary because Nigel McGinnis should have been someone that is on WWE TV right now. Because when you talk about Ring of Honor, you'll talk about Brian Nelson, Samoa Joe, CM Punk. Nigel McGinnis is right there with them. He's he's right there. And through some unfortunate circumstances, at the same time Daniel Bryan got signed, That ended up going really well for him, but he ended up retiring. And now he's the, the commissioner and commentator for Ring of Honor. So it's kind of come full circle for him. But Nigel was absolutely fantastic. And as a fan of Nigel and as a fan of indie wrestling, it still bums me out to this day that the, the events that occurred did occur because Nigel should be right there with the Daniel Bryans of the world. Mm-hmm. And, that's and th- this was a match that it just reminded me of how good Nigel was. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Rick, well, what, what did you think of the, of the match? Um, I, this is one of my first exposures to, to Nigel, um, in general. And I really, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I know there is a lot of heartbreak for his non-signing uh in WWE. If I remember right, was it he got signed 
the physical happened and they found out something. Was it his? Uh, it was, was his, it his biceps. Okay. His biceps. And he he did get signed because mm-hmm. of the physical. Yeah. Uh, and then he ended up in TNA for a while. And that's and that was where I kind of turned. I turned off that dial because I mean, in my opinion, as soon as you go to TNA, it's kind of a, uh, it's your your space junk to me. And, and unfortunately, Nigel had some really difficult stuff he had to go through mm-hmm. during that time, which led to the end of his career. And it, it just, it really is, it's. In some ways, watching Nigel at his peak in ROH, it's a little hard to watch because you know he could have made it. Mm-hmm. There's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, one for of my top guys, for sure. Go ahead. The comparison, the comparison I will make is Samoa Joe. Uh, there's no doubt in anybody's mind he would be a main event caliber talent that could hang with the the top guys in the world. Nigel is the same, and I, I think that he proves it on multiple occasions on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I think Nigel is, is one guy, I mean, uh, if you make the, the comparison to, to Joe, I think Nigel is one of those people, along with Brian, is more willing to take criticism and more willing to cha- change just a little bit to to make the company happy because I mean as much as people think that WWE is the the buy you know they want to push you know throw our guys off the bridge and have the Roman Reigns you know be the best type thing I mean they know they are a global uh thing and I times have changed times have, and, yeah and I think I think shows like this. Probably got a lot of attention from people in WWE. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of those Ring of Honor shows that people like William Regal and people like Jamie Noble, who was in Ring of Honor for a time, saw and was like, "Oh, okay, these That's... guys in Ring of Honor—they're really doing something." Mm-hmm. And I think that this is this is why I look at Ring of Honor. And general, and and I say, yeah, these guys are good enough to make it. All you you need to see what they're willing to do and how good they are. And I I think that post Punk and Brian, I think that shows like this. This is why I picked this show uh, to show people that this is where what these guys were doing, and it's why they're where they are now. Mm-hmm. Well, because essentially, I mean, they they essentially raided their their you know the roster. I mean, at like two thousand eight, correct? Because that's when um, Born um, was picked up. Uh, I, I, Evan Born was about two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Brian and Nigel was like two thousand nine. Chris Hero like a two thousand eleven. Uh-huh. Uh, Cl- Claudio the. First time was like 2006, 2007. Then something happened, and they had to let him go. But then they brought him back in like mm-hmm. 2010, 2011. Uh, Matt Seidel, yeah. 
Uh, Kenta, who we're going to get into later. Kevin Steen, El Generico. <clears throat> El Generico's friend, I think. Uh, El, El Generico's friend is mm-hmm. friend. Sammy Zayn. Yeah. But yeah, El Generico was an instrumental guy in getting them a guy. I think he was an, uh, he, he, he was a big uh, influence on getting him signed because he, yeah, he th- recommended uh, again, him. Again, this is, I chose this show <coughs> with that in mind. To show people, uh, the Fanny Pack audience, Rick, uh, one other person that we wanted on the show, just how many of these guys started on the Indies and how awesome mm-hmm. they've been for so, so long. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, even they were even looking at uh, the the man that I, I do not like, Davey Richards. Uh, I don't think <laughs> they were really looking at him that hard. I think they were looking Eddie at Edwards, Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards, on the other hand, yes. I think I think it's the thing that they can't come in the combo package. I think that's why. Oh, like I said, not the combo I prefer. I'm a, I'm mm-hmm. a Dojo Bros guy. I, I like the Eddie Edwards. I, I, I am Brown. an Eddie Edwards guy. That's what I'll say. Yeah, Eddie Edwards guy. Uh, but I like him. If you're gonna put him in a team, uh, the combination I prefer is definitely the Dojo Bros. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's just because I love PWT. But yeah, that's that's an aside. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it just, it, I mean, it, it show this mat. I mean, this whole entire card. It shows like, it's. I mean, essentially, WWE kind of did their own little talent raid uh, yeah. of ROH. And I mean, it's. It I mean, for the most part, it's almost ROH. At that point, was like their developmental. Yeah, there, there's a reason so many internet wrestling fans love NXT now. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's ROH in 2007, it's, 2008. It, it, NXT is pretty much an indie company at this point. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it's wonderful. Much. And it's fun. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, uh, moving on to a couple of exceptions to to what we've been talking about. But uh, but before, I mean, let me let me chime in on the Nigel McGuinness thing. I the Nigel McGuinness match, I I did like, I really did, and then the Chris Harris. <laughs> thing uh he showed a lot of stuff that i mean he's very athletic it's on for is now uh showing the wwe why he it was a good reason to release him and he is now king of the twinkies uh so but i mean i'm not a fan of chris hero but i don't like how the internet's getting on him right now i don't like that it's hard not a fan of him it's I'm hard. not a fan of him, but I, I. It's hard to defend Chris here. I mean, you look at every other person that's been released. They're they're like, hey, you know, it's unfortunate that I was released. I, you know, I'm gonna prove WWE wrong uh, for releasing me. It just seems like Chris Hero is one of those guys, just like, yeah, I'm gonna show you why I'm gonna. Uh, whew, whew, uh, let me grab something to eat. Really quick, you know, it shows it shows why that you know it there, it was a good reason why they released him, and yeah. you it, there should be a fire lit under your ass, and it just that fire is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm I'm okay with moving on to the next. <laughs> moving, on. moving on to a couple of exceptions to the rate uh, the, the 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 talent rate of our age, but a couple of talents nonetheless. Uh, we revisit Takashi Morish. One talent they could. Yeah. Uh, and an, another that was that was taken up by the NWA and and eventually Ring of Honor, so he yeah. he wasn't going anywhere. Takeshi Morishima and Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. Yes, 
with his fantastic robe. Uh, and, uh, and his Adam half, Pierce, and his half singlet. Yes, half singlet. <laughs> uh, Adam Pierce also the, at this point was knee deep into being called, uh, Repo Man at any given notice. Uh, yeah. he played it yeah. up re- very nicely. Uh, and coming off of, I think it, we didn't talk about it, but in, they did air a little vignette with Adam Pierce that, uh, really showed how, his ability to speak. Like, uh, he, he is a, uh, a smart, very, very articulate kind of guy. And, and he really showed it in that little promo that they showed. Uh, and that's also why I think he was up for being a, a, a commentator on, on, I think it was the Angels. Yes, the Los Angeles <laughs> Angels of Anaheim, Orange County, California, United States of America, Planet Earth. Yes. <laughs> he was going to be their, their public announcer. Well, well what happened? Nice. Uh, I guess it was a fan poll, and I guess he didn't win. Oh, oh that's a bummer. And <laughs> that kind of is. Yeah, that's a bummer. Maybe, know, maybe we he, can try to get Joey Ryan I, I, to win this. I actually think TNA brought him in for a while, for like a few... <coughs> like, yeah, I think so. Now, now things, and he was on TNA Gut Check, too. Something like so, that. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy that people know and recognize. It's just... And, of course, his fantastic run as nwa world heavyweight champion making the nwa title relevant again hello scrap iron out pierce uh yeah taking on takeshi morishima who we've talked about morishima the the man monster from pro wrestling noah uh the 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 love child of kenta kobashi and terry gordy (laughs) and this this match was was something. This match was something. Uh, Rick, what what was your impression of this contest and the, and these guys? Um, I think they they made Adam Pierce uh a really viable challenger compared to the other. I mean, compared to the Jimmy Rave one, I think it. Yeah, it's definitely way better than the Jimmy Rave one. One, but uh, it, again, it was just another eating. Of <laughs> of Adam Pearson, Shane Shane Hagedorn. 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 Oh, yeah. Shane Hagedorn. It, I mean, yeah, it, they they had a competitive match. I mean, it seemed like they did like a couple of the same spots from the earlier championship match, but I mean I still really enjoyed it. And then they even had the the end where the you know they pinned him and then uh Shane came in and tried to like do a sneak attack and then he just ate him too and they pinned him and the ref just counts the three has not i mean there was no scheduled match between them but he just pinned him and they kind of wcw 2000 uh <laughs> counted that but i mean i still enjoyed it uh i think more uh if there's any wrestler that i would look up that isn't named kenta it would be uh morishima after this after watching this Good choice. He's he's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm. Uh, he was an, a personality and a, a name that I remember knowing about uh, at a certain given time. Uh, that and I not I saw clips on YouTube and other places of him, you know, destroying people and making people's lives miserable. Uh, and, and of course, his, his best stuff is in Noah. Of course, is he still in uh, pro wrestling Noah? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, because uh, you know Japan, there's still a lot of money in Japan. Uh, oh yeah, so oh, yeah. they're fine over there. 
Yeah, I was going to uh, say, I didn't know if he jumped to Noah or if he was doing... He, he uh, is a Noah guy. It, okay. This is when Ring of Honor had that pretty tight relationship with Noah. Mm-hmm. So they, they were sending guys there now, what, pretty regularly. I know they, they had that relationship. What made it fall apart? Just kind of a, we don't need you type thing no, anymore? Nothing, actually, I wouldn't even go so far as to say as it really ever fell apart. They just kind of like, just not... Didn't just do things. What wasn't Are, as it wasn't as tight for a while. And then guys would come, and then you know, nothing, nothing bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just they just kind of drifted apart. It was a working relationship where sometimes it would go, sometimes it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Be, uh, one of those like yeah, yeah, we don't need you know, we've built, we have enough people to where we can build a thing, and you know, we would love to come to Japan type thing, and we'd still work Which with they, you. Ring of Honor mm-hmm. did go to Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I think Noah has done some recently. shows in the U.S. with some ROH guys, and and that's and that's really it's really cool for indie companies to work together with like that. Um, yeah, I mean the only other companies I can name off the top of my head that work together is the the wrestling is companies and Jakara, and, and then um, the Dragon Gate USA Dragon Gate and, uh, relationship, which is uh, very interesting and, and cool. Ring of Honor has most recently been with New Japan, which, by the way, this is the part where I tell everyone, if you're not watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, you should be. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I, I should be, yes. Yeah, you you should be. <laughs> and it's been awesome. And that's, that's one of the great things about indie wrestling and just wrestling outside of the bubble is, is that you get to see Every once in a while, you'll see dream matches happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will see matches that you fantasy book on wrestling forums, and then next thing you know, six months from now, it's like, oh my god, this is happening. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. To bring eyeballs into everybody else's product, I follow somebody named Jason Namico, uh, and he he's as always he's like the indie guy for WrestleView.com, and he's always said. Um, indie companies should be working together, not feuding against each other. Um, yeah. and I think the the international relationship with Pro, uh, with Noah and Ring of Honor, along with I mean, even I love the shit on TNA so much, but um, they deserve to. But I mean, the, with uh, New Japan, is that who they're working with now? New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, uh, TNA. I don't know if they have a, a working relationship because I know they're doing promotion. their their pay per view in Japan. I think they I just they went were... to Japan and and booked the booked the booked an area <laughs> booked the a gate yeah booked the <laughs> they're, venue. They're going to be doing a show at Corican Hall. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I so think, I mean, I don't know if it was even, in conjunction even, with anybody, or they just booked the venue, or, or, or it's kind of with Russell One, sort of Russell One. They, okay. They they have a loose working relationship with Russell One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's even great that they're working with a company internationally. It. Um, and then just the, yeah, I fully support without getting long winded and, you know, boring everybody. I, think, I fully I think support the, f- the, the companies working together, not against each other. I think the fantasy, uh, relationship for, for all of us would be, uh, Chikara and DDT. <laughs> that would be a fantastic relationship. I think, I don't, I think, I don't the, think best... the world is ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I think the best maybe not. We'll have to see. For Chikara is Cartoon Network Saturday mornings. <laughs> exactly. That would be that's, fantastic. That's my thing. 
I mean, unless they, except unless they invite Eddie Kingston, which would be completely out of place and hilarious. Mm-hmm. And we could put it on Adult Swim. Yeah. Yes. See, already we're we're already making money for Jakara and and we, Turner. We really need, we really need to turn this podcast into an actual wrestling promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, the code of fanny packs. Yeah, yeah everybody has fanny to wear pack a fanny wrestling. pack. Instead of Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast, it's just Fanny Pack Wrestling. We already have a logo that works <laughs> for it. Uh thanks to Chris Ronan. Uh we 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 already have I think we 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 have a vague idea of what we're doing. We can just have, you know, like I I, I think I I pined uh, we have me and DJ M and myself on creative. Uh Kaz and Drew on commentary. Uh yeah. Kaz and Drew for <laughs> I I don't uh, know how I feel about Kaz and Drew on commentary. <laughs> Uh, and of course we have, uh, Scott Fletcher, uh, doing the ring announcing. Uh, that could work. That could work. That would, that would be amazing. Uh, hearing him, uh, say some <laughs> names. Uh, hearing Scott Fletcher say the Adam Rose of slapping the hose would be an amazing thing. <laughs> Call back to the previous episode. We're, we're, we're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on to the, I think, I think the, 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 Main event, uh, we're probably gonna not really mention too much about the kind of the, the included main event that for the main show, cause we got the guys that we want to talk about in other matches anyways, from that match, so we're gonna go to this match. We're, we're gonna talk about Brian and Nigel, for sure. Yeah, when we have, we're talking about, uh, quite a bit about Nigel, and now we're gonna talk about Brian Danielson right here. Uh, Brian Danielson versus Kenta. Uh, how about these guys? <laughs> What what could be said about these guys, uh, DJM, that we haven't already said? If you're watching the video, you have my reaction of just and mouth open. Th- this is when I defend and fight for the name of indie wrestling. This match and the match we're about to talk about afterwards are why. I I. Kenta versus Brian Danielson. All, all I can say is that this is why right here. This. This. I, I don't even need to explain. I don't even need to <laughs> say anything. Yes. That, there it is. Right there. And I just keep saying to people, it's, it's going to happen on WWE television and the whole world's going to see it and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Yes, yes. Oh, uh, Rick, what would, what, you, you kind of gave the reaction, but go ahead and extrapolate, uh, on your thoughts on Kenta versus, uh, uh, Brian Danielson. Um, yeah, holy smokes, man. Uh, Kenta is, Kenta hype is real. Uh, I mean, just watching <laughs> the one, I think, I mean, just, it's very, the, for the record, these guys, basically put on like a a pure wrestling match yeah. and i some i mean as much as i love wwe and a lot of the times they put on like hokey dokey matches so, i mean these matches i've absolutely loved too and holy shit man uh kenta uh, if kenta works half that in nxt like if he just goes half uh full power uh I think he's going to be a Kenta doesn't go halfway <laughs> ever. It, I mean, if he goes that that much in NXT, he's going to be the man. Uh 
it was very impressive uh what the stuff they were doing and i and i said and my girlfriend was watching at the time and she's very familiar with uh daniel bryan and she was for for the record she was laughing at the final countdown entrance and it was yes. she she enjoyed it i could definitely see that she enjoyed it a little bit and uh it's yeah. it's so as, as someone who has been been through that entrance live a couple of times i can't even describe it to you <laughs> yeah it's I mean, have i mentioned pd have i told you that i'm i'm kind of a fan of Brian Danielson, I'm a fan of his. <laughs> I, th- I think you mentioned it once or twice, maybe, once or possibly. Twice. Oh man! Uh, and I, I'll tell you what. I think I think Kenta is after watching this match. I think they can just they can turn him into the Japanese John Cena, like the Superman. Uh, just uh, for that final sequence of, I mean, Brian uses uses go to sleep on him, no sells it. And then Brian, oh, what did he do after? He did, I think he must have kicked him in the face and he no-sold that, no-sold that. And then Kenta just picks him up and gives him a go to sleep. Uh, and he was very Superman-esque. And I think if they, if they should really go that route of just the, I don't yeah. talk, but I'm a Superman at wrestling. I think that would be amazing. The, the fighting spirit. Bring the fighting, fighting spirit, spirit into WWE oh, for once. I, I would love to see spirit. how a large WWE crowd would react to a, a fighting spirit moment like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like was, out at one or, or, or like the, the fighting spirit no sell. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that reaction. It's very beautiful. I loved it. I love yeah. this match. As long as it's I think used it's, right. Yeah. It's a fantastic moment. Like, uh, the, and it, it, it intensifies a match right there at the end and, and really kind of gives you that, that, oh my god moment that, uh, mm-hmm. what is going on? And they, Why? and you know what? They, uh. they do not hold back. Uh, I mean, you can tell that they've worked together a lot when they don't hold back with slaps, chops, uh, the deep holds. Uh, yeah. and it, it really shows the, the chemistry. Um, I mean, it, it was unbelievable how how comfortable these guys were working. Oh yeah, and uh, and, you know, and and we know that they definitely work together a lot because we at this point we know Brian Danielson probably has had has had had uh so many frequent flyer miles heading over to the to the land of the rising sun mm-hmm. at that point. Uh. So many matches over there in Japan. Kenta, you know, wrestling uh, many of the guys uh, over there, including Kenta. So they've wrestled a lot, and you can see it in this match. Uh, and the pure wrestling at the beginning, the kind of the sizing each other out, the the intense strikes, the you know, it's just uh, uh more and more. Keep going, this. Petey. Keep going. <laughs> yes, Keep going. it's just let uh, it's let just me amazing. let me jump in for a second. I love when. When Daniel Bryan is, everybody knows the I have till five thing is yes. coming. And yes. he, every, every, I mean, it, it's basically like the rock channel along of just like, you know, if you uh-huh. smell, everybody's like, oh, I have till five. And he's just like, yeah, and yeah. you know, and he purposely holds back 
And then when he he does let loose, everybody just goes bananas. And I, it's my, yeah, my it's favorite, one of my favorite things much, for a heel for for a heel that has uh, a thing that everybody is in for or like in on like that is when they uh, as the heel knowing that will blue ball the audience in those moments. I mm-hmm. love when uh bad guys blue ball the audience in that way. Uh and it it's such a that emotional manipulation that we've talked about uh, ma- uh-huh. uh several times on this show. That, the American Dragon Brian Danielson. Yes. That's- yeah. Uh and of course we had Kenta. It, 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 I mean it, it's a match that you could say a million things about uh, how awesome it is. Uh, but then we have us. another match to go on to. <laughs> yes, and then we have another match to go on to. So I think all we can say is, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> girly, girly that's, our, that's our review. Girly that's yes, all I guys. And again, I say to everyone, this is what I've been talking about all these years. This right here. And that's this match. And the match we're going to talk about. And, the, and you know yeah. what? And that's the thing is that this this match could be on TV in two in two years max, hands down. Uh, I mean, yeah, they could they could maybe try and shoehorn it for an NXT thing, but man, in two years, this this could be a main event Raw. This could be a a main event pay per view and. Daniel Bryan versus Kenta on a pay per view. Mm-hmm. Do you? I'd, I mean, buy, I'd buy that for nine ninety nine. Honestly, I mean, okay. Be honest, DJ. I mean, did you really? Th- I mean, did you? It, did if you, you believe that you Kenta told me, was if coming? You if you would have told me in two thousand seven that Kenta, Bryan Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, Matt Seidel, and Chris Hero all signed WWE contracts and Brian Dan if you would have told me Brian Danielson was the most popular guy in the company my answer would have been yeah yeah I believe that but all <laughs> the rest I would have said you're out of your mind I mean to the point where people like wrestlers didn't believe that he was coming to where I mean punk grabbed his move and said yeah. oh yeah I just got it from Kenta and this is my thing and then, you know, Brian had that running knee of just like, oh yeah, I got it from Kenta. And people were yes, just like, and they've, they've always said that. Yeah. We, they, they didn't lie about it. It was just like, yeah, we, we got it from Kenta. And mm-hmm. now, and to the point where they like, signed and, and now Kenta's like, oh, gave back my Kenta. shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even on Twitter going, all right, uh, it's bedtime, time to go to, oh, uh, time to have <laughs> say that. <laughs> say that. Uh, uh, and you know, and but we're, we're looking hype. forward to Kenta the Danielson so in the future. Real. We're the probably a lot closer so to so Kenta. Real. Kenta Steen is probably like yeah. right on the horizon. Kenta on NXT. Kenta Steen. Kenta Kenta Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn. Kenta and Adrian Neville. Yes. Sami I mean, Zayn, a great young talent who I would love to see uh, face uh, Kenta, uh, just to see what that would be like. I mean, that would be insane. We're, uh, we're, Adrian we could Neville, be Kenta and Cesaro. I mean, geez, Kenta and geez. Cesaro. We're we're closer to that than you know Kenta Bryan. <coughs> I mean, but I mean, geez, I mean, mm-hmm. it's un, it's unbelievable at like the it's, the fantasy booking type scenarios that people are probably. <laughs> 
have booked yeah. millions it's, and millions of times. And really? I can tell you, just it's crazy. It's yeah. I, I can't even. It, like I said, if you would have told me in 2007 that we would be where we are, I would never believe you, except for Brian. Mm-hmm. Except for Brian. When it came to Brian, I had unyielding belief to, to where I, I just knew that it's it's only a matter of time. And I think that our next match, the the official main event of this show, showed it once again uh, regarding yeah. the American Dragon and Nigel McGuinness. Yes. And American just Dragon. as a disclaimer, just as a disclaimer, I'm gonna say that for a long time, I would probably say that this was probably my favorite wrestling match ever. It's top yeah. three, top top five. This yeah. match. And of course, a couple of guys that we've we've uh, talked about. Uh, on uh, you know at length here uh rick what what did you think of this match that they included into brian danielson versus nigel mcginnis Th- this I, was the main event of the driven mm-hmm. pay-per-view yeah i and you know what i enjoyed i really enjoyed this match i really enjoyed it being at the end uh for some reason uh to i guess it was one of those like it shows how how much it means to these uh, wrestlers to be ring of honor champion when it's not for the ring of honor championship belt. It's for the shot to, uh, you know, go for the ring of honor belt. And I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it, these guys have really great chemistry together. Although if you're Daniel, I I mean, Brian Danielson, you, you have chemistry with everybody. (laughs) I mean, you have, he has chemistry with everybody. I mean, yeah. He he put on oh, it, when I saw him in Philly when he was the world heavyweight champion. Uh, he put on a a four star match with Zack Ryder uh, of all people <laughs> when he was when Zack Ryder was still on the up and up. And uh, I, I don't you really can't have a, a bad match if you're Daniel Bryan and it it really showed that they. Nigel McGuinness and Brian have just amazing chemistry together. And especially just the, the lock that, um, uh, Nigel put on Brian where he put the bridge yeah. over, over his arm. And that then the lock, Rings that, of Saturn-esque, uh, arm lock mm-hmm. where he bridged back. And the audience was like, oh, yeah. Did you guys hear the crowd when that happened? They're yeah, like, yeah. oh, boy. And then it's just like, oh. Oh, it was like oh, it was like a horror like, scene of you know when you're at the movie theater of just like oh you know don't it was do kind that. Of, it was unbelievable I yeah. I really enjoyed uh that that sequence and it's it's also I, uh, like I said it's also interesting going back to these events and seeing uh frosted tips Nigel McGuinness and, and uh hairless bald, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, just bald headed but clean shaven, just completely and now, hairless. And now the both of them are the direct opposite. So, yeah, so whereas Nigel Winnis has I think no hair at this point. No and, hair. And, no and, hair. Mm-hmm. And uh Brian Danielson, now Daniel Bryan has many hair, much hair, mm-hmm. very, very beard, uh much yes. uh, hair. Uh, yes. And it's fantastic. It's, but it's always funny looking back to a, a young Kevin Steen, a bald Ryan Danielson, uh, oh, yeah. Jimmy lean, Ray's at any given point. Kevin Steen. Lean, yeah. Steen, lean. Holy smokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And we yeah. might get who knows, maybe we'll get a lean Kevin Steen again. He maybe. oh he is he is definitely lean Steen lean again uh, compared to when I first saw him in person. Yeah. When I had asked I asked Kevin, How do you get so big? And he said, Just eat everything in sight and I'm just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Kevin Steen. But he's like, like a good enough guy that he will he he will have no problem. Uh, answering the, the demand yeah. to get leaner and he has the performance center at its disposal. Mm-hmm. When so, I had yeah. asked for a, a, a uh, I, uh, devil sign Steen shirt, he said, Oh, we don't, I don't have, uh, that big of size for you or, you know, your size. And I was like, Well, what's the biggest size you have? He's like, Uh, double XL. And I'm like, Oh, no, I guess not. <laughs> and then that's when I asked him, <laughs> How do you get so big? And he just said, Eat everything in sight. And uh, back to the match, I, I love the match for um, what would have been my second exposure to Nigel. And I, uh, he was probably one of those guys that I think people are upset that uh, things happen to him. And it really, I mean, these two matches show why people are just like, man, I just wish that wouldn't have happened. And yeah. I understand. Um, I definitely do understand the hype of Nigel McGuinness. I would, I, I mean, if I were Nigel McGuinness, would I have made a different path instead of going to space junk? Um, yes, I personally work in Japan for a while. He was in no for a while. Okay. I mean, my thing is that, uh, I, I just don't think going to TNA helps you at all unless you're getting built around. Uh, unf- yeah. Well, he was about to because the the first feud they put him in in TNA was against Kurt Angle. Okay. Yeah. That was his first feud. So, and, and crazy enough, the person that brought him to TNA was Vince Russo. Yeah. And it That's was a swerve. And Vince Russo was the one that put him in the feud with Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. So, TNA definitely realized what they had with him. But unfortunately, some some things happened uh, in mm-hmm. Nigel's life to where it was not meant to be in the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I understand why Joe went. I mean, they were built. They they were like literally building company around him. Uh, I understand why Christian went when he was done, um, because they built the company around him. And with, with Nigel, it was probably going to happen that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd say, uh, some of the, the, those Team Christian moments were, were absolutely fun. Like, <laughs> Christian's <laughs> run in TNA was, was actually pretty fun. I think b- both of them. I think mm-hmm. up until the end when it, when it kind of got a little weird, but there was some fun, fantastic fun moments with him and Angle over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Angle Alliance. But yeah, uh, but yeah, this match was, balls to the wall insane and uh it's funny it's no wonder that the talent brought brian danielson to the wwe eventually from this point but it is a wonder looking at this that he survived to that point (laughs) because he he, he's he is oh they went was a war this mm-hmm. was a war. Yeah. Uh, you know it's a war when he headbutted himself into yep. to, to bleeding. Like, like all the headbutts, the headbutts. Oh god. <clears throat> oh god, the headbutts, and you know, having Brian Danielson uh, standing triumphant with his face covered in blood, like, uh, was who's the best those... in the world? 
You who's, are. Who's the best in the world? And the crowd was screaming, you, you are. are. Oh. Uh, I think, I think that's pretty much. Brian Danielson, people. Mm-hmm. Brian Danielson. I think that's I've been basically. saying it for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's basically and, oh, all we can and, say. And Petey, Petey, Rick, hearing the final countdown and seeing the final countdown entrance again. Brings you back. Oh, the nostalgia. So, so many that, feels. So many feels. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll happen again. Nah, no. no. It'll, it'll, it, it's not. No. But that's <laughs> okay. That's okay. I, I, I have my memories. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I mean, overall, I really did enjoy <coughs> this, this event. Uh, for ROH, I, I've had, like I said in the beginning, I've had problems with ROH before. Uh, this is definitely a, if you're trying to rub uh, bad memories off on somebody or, you know, just introducing them to ROH, this is definitely uh, something to check out. Mission accomplished. Hands down, yeah. mission accomplished. Dude, can we have like a stamp? Like a mission accomplished. Do we need <sighs> Do we need to fly you out on a carrier uh, and have a mission accomplished banner behind, behind and you? It's one of those things where – now people see why I love Daniel Bryan so much. Yeah. <laughs> now you understand. It's kind of like it's kind of like me and Melissa McCarthy. You know, you you finally all see what I've seen for decade for a decade now. Uh, with oh, the talent. Morgan. Okay. <laughs> you all like, can see what, what I've known for a decade. You all figured out now, and just like with that with Daniel Bryan, you. Uh, well, you've known for, for, I guess, a decade at this point. Uh, yeah. everybody, oh, yeah. uh, everybody has found out now. Uh, and <laughs> I think that, you know, we know Rick Foster's overall thoughts. Uh, and I would say, yeah, I, I'd, I'd echo that. I mean, this is uh, all stuff that people that I knew in new, in earlier situations and slightly younger and slimmer and, uh, with less hair or more hair, uh, depending on who it was. Uh, but, I think more of what I loved about them and what I already knew about them. I didn't need convincing that all these people are awesome and that ROH awesome is awesome, but I got reconditioned into remembering how awesome ROH uh, was, or at least knowing how awesome ROH was when I didn't get to tune in yet. Uh, and, and it's just amazing stuff. Uh, and, and you can I get mean, this we'll, all for nine ninety nine. No, no, no. You can get the <laughs> not, DVD. Not- not the, the DVD, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Roh Wrestling dot com. Go look it up. See if you can buy. Just at least like just PayPal them like twenty bucks and see if they'll th- they'll give you something. Yeah. yeah. PayPal twenty bucks and with the subject, give it to me. And don't like put me. don't just put that, in driven or anything. Just put give just it to that me. Whole, anything from like two thousand four <laughs> to two thousand seven. You're you're pretty much good. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think that yeah. Uh, we we have our conclusive thoughts on everything. Uh, you know, go check out RH Driven. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> uh, Rick, what do you have going on in the world of the internet? Um, where can people follow you? Um, well, you can. Uh, I'm working on getting a web zone set up. Uh, eventually it will be set up. Uh, but for now, if you like, m- just. 
my commentary on sports, uh, uh, wrestling in general, uh, usually sometimes I'll, I'll live tweet raw or, you know, live tweet, whatever, like a sporting event goes on. One time I live, uh, tweeted curling at 3am in the morning, uh, mountain nice. time. And, uh, you can follow that at foster on sports, uh, just for regular stuff, uh, at Rick Foster. I do, I do tweet sporty stuff on my regular account, Rick Foster, but I really do try and separate it, uh, just cause I know there's people that don't like live tweeting, especially live tweeting sports. Uh, mm-hmm. so I try and split it up, uh, but if you do follow both. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJM, what do you have going on in your world? Well, if you like seeing me live tweet episodes of Garfunkel and Oates, you can follow me on Twitter at just called me DJM. And since I've been called out by the host of FSL tonight, Tom Rogers and Robert Young, I will officially announce that the formation of the International Anime League is underway. Unbelievable. Stay tuned. Yeah, uh, we will the have, International um, Anime League is coming your way, and yes, I do have a co-host, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> You'll just have to stay tuned to DeltaJuliaMike.com. And of course, you can follow and, me. At, and I will say, Garfunkel is really good too. So yes. <laughs> do follow uh, him for live tweeting on that. And of course, you can follow me at PD Rave. Uh, I, I haven't been saying it uh, lately, and it's been uh, out of. Uh, uh, habit, but, uh, out of my habit, but PDs and Williams, Ravens and Jimmy, all in one word. Uh, it feels good to say that again. Uh, you can follow the show at Fanny Pack WP. Uh, you can follow the, all of my other podcasts at rally.net. I might even do my own FSL related stuff. Might post my, my, you know, as, as many listeners of Dragon Sports Talk Radio know, I am the host of the Rogues Gallery, which handles a lot of the free agency and minor league stuff, kind of giving some overviews. Petey, so I yes, I wanted to say that the, the International Anime League <clears throat> show, which I'm not going to tell you the name of yet, has been picked up for a Saturday night at 3 a.m. slot on Dragon Sports Talk Radio. No, congratulations, nice. man. Holy Woo. smokes. That's a hard, that's a hard slot to get. When we yeah. made it to the big time, baby. We're in the big leagues, brother. And I know, I know you got, uh, almost as good a slot as the Quidditch Quorum, uh, a very popular show on there. Uh, but I think, you know, you're right up on there. Really good shows. There's always hey, some jam, you know what? We'll take stuff it. on We'll take it. Me uh, and my, my co-host, uh, we're, we're super excited and the, the International Anime League is, is gonna be a thing. Yes. Uh, and that's it. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed our live little video here. Uh, I think nobody watched it, but hey, you can watch the recording and it's nice there to have it there on YouTube. We're gonna go ahead and post it on Monday, the audio version, put it on a nice little post on Revelli.net, uh, and everything's, uh, and we'll, and I think this is going to be the habit from now on. We're gonna do every other Saturday live and then every other Monday I post the episode all finished up and edited, audio edited and whatnot. So that's going to be, now we're gonna actually have some, you know, construct and, Rhythm and pace and actual, you know, uh, 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 what's Conciseness. the word? Conciseness. Consistency. Hell uh, yeah. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, so n- a week from Saturday, look forward to another episode of Fanny Pack Wrestling. Uh, but that's it for us. Uh, for, uh, my friends here. Uh, until next time. Hasta los huevos.
Burritos Nachos, everybody. Didn't I tell you Brian Danielson was awesome? I told you. You sure did.